Welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is that you're watching this, we are grateful that you are tuning in and you're allowing us to be part of your world, to minister to you. We would love to connect to you, so we ask that you, uh, you reach out to us via Facebook. And uh, we have a community group that we have started under the LifeBridge name. Uh, we would love for you to, to reach out to us so that we can connect with you, answer questions, uh, we offer uh, reminders there and, and other um, information about the Core 52 journey that we are on. And uh, we want to take this relationship to another level. Uh, right now, so much of it is just a, a one-way thing. You, you're hearing the voice. You're watching uh, this on your screen, wherever that may be. And the connection is not there. We value relationships. And if there's a way that we can serve you better, we can minister to you, we can invest in this relationship, then we would love to be able to do that. Uh, thank you once again for allowing us to be part of that. It's interesting to me that the first recorded teaching from Jesus was also his longest. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that this is not going to be my longest sermon. So hang on with me for just a, a little while longer this morning. Jesus' first sermon was about 111 verses, and it spanned three chapters of Matthew's gospel. So Jesus has already been teaching. Uh, he's already healed a few people. He is gathering a crowd, and people are attracted to his teaching because as Matthew chapter 7 records, uh, it, it says that people were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. So there's this guy, this new guy on the scene. He's teaching, he's gathering a crowd, and people are amazed at the things that he's saying because he teaches with a different level of authority than what they are used to from their normal teachers. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus gives you and I and the audience there, he gives them a special invite. And, and, I, and I want you to pay attention to this invite because it's, it's really important for our faith journey, not just today, but every single day. Jesus gives this invite in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. This probably sounds familiar to you, right? Take my yoke upon you. And then these words, let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus invites all of us into a relationship with him where he's saying, let me teach you. Because my way of doing things is better. My way is easier. My burden that I ask is actually lighter than the burden that you are carrying around. And every single moment when we are in the word of God, we have the opportunity for Jesus, for the Lord to teach us. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And I think that's an important uh, thing for us to remember as we get into our main text today. As we learn from him his way of living is easier. And, and so I pray that you're going to allow God to speak into your life on such an important text. 
going back to the first teaching that I referenced uh, at the beginning of this, I want you to think through, picture this if you will. Jesus has many people following him. Again, he's already been along the, the Sea of Galilee. He's already been preaching a, a message of repentance and a, a message of, of the kingdom of God being near and they need to turn from their wicked, evil ways. Uh, he's invited the disciples, some of the disciples to come and follow him. And so now this is the first recorded teaching. And he has many people following him. As a matter of fact, the hillside is covered with people. And here's how Jesus begins his first recorded teaching. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you have been following along with us on this Core 52 journey, you may remember that we've already had one week in our 18 weeks that has talked about happiness. As a matter of fact, it was week nine, and the topic of that week was true happiness. And what we learned in that discussion, uh, one of the uses of the word blessed in Scripture means happiness or fortunate. And that's what it means in these Beatitudes. And, and most of us don't realize, we don't, we don't associate the word blessed or blessed to be that very thing bringing great joy of one of great fortune. And so right out of the gate of Jesus's first public uh, teaching, the one that gets recorded first, right out of the gate, he talks to the audience about how to be happy, how to live a fortunate life. But this is the one. He has followers. He has an audience. And he gives the secrets to happiness. Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I want to kind of walk through these, if you will, and just kind of summarize and tell you what, what, what really is taking place here when he says what we need to be doing or the attitude that we need to have. And so blessed are the poor in spirit. These are people who recognize their helplessness and they have no one to trust but God. Blessed are those who mourn. These are the ones who are keenly aware of their sin. They're deeply sensitive to the needs of others. Blessed are the meek. These are people who are teachable. Those who are willing to learn new truths and new habits or spiritual disciplines. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. People who are longing for a deeper relationship with God. Blessed are those who show mercy. 
people who lift the spirits of those with broken lives. Blessed are the pure in heart. They are absolutely committed to one overriding mission in life, and that is to live as a follower of Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, people who are actively involved in keeping peace and reconciling the broken relationships. Then, the last one. We get to the final of, of the Beatitudes. And here's the one, and the only one, <clears throat> that actually has a deeper explanation that follows it. This one's different. Blessed are the persecuted. This is what Jesus says. Fortunate, he says, fortunate or happy are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Do you follow along with what's happening here? Jesus gives this backward upside down. Hey, it does not make sense to us formula based on our understanding of happiness. He's like, I am telling you what it takes to genuinely experience happiness, to have a life of blessed, a life where you are fortunate. And he says some things that just don't make sense to us, especially one of persecution. Mark Moore writes, we read this in our, our essay this week, the sermon's big theme turned culture on its head. Lucky are the unlucky as long as they align themselves with Jesus's words. Christians are part of an upside down kingdom where losers are winners. The dead live, the poor are rich, and those who pick up a cross experience resurrection. Why does this actually work? And church, here's the lesson today. Why does this actually work? Here's the secret. Happiness comes with having a higher purpose, not possessions, not protection. Do you believe that this morning? Do you really believe Jesus's words of having mercy, thirsting for righteousness, being persecuted because of Jesus will lead to a happier life. Here's the thing about happiness, right? It's, it's a desire by all men. It doesn't matter what culture you live in. It doesn't matter what part of the world. It doesn't matter what social status. It doesn't matter what economic status you live in. Everybody wants to be happy. It's the desire of all men. We go to great lengths, don't we, to find happiness. We, we think the, the next possession, the next material item, we're willing to pay for things so that we can experience happiness. We eat, we drink because we think those will not only comfort us, but make us happy. We go to great lengths to have new experiences, whatever that may be, to make us happy. We thrill seek to make us happy. We go to great links so that we can find happiness. You know, one of our country's founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, makes that point, doesn't it? We hold these truths to be self-evident, 
that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Church, this morning we have the desire to pursue happiness. We have the right to pursue happiness. My, my question is, as we wrap this up is, where are you seeking happiness? Jesus said, come to me. My way of doing things is easy. And he says, let me teach you. Well, now his first recorded sermon, he's talking about life. He's talking about the desire that every man shares, no matter who, what, when, how we lived. And he tells us this is how to live a happier life. Jesus concludes this Sermon on the Mount, if you will, with these words. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is a wise person. He's like a person who builds his house on a solid rock. Though the rain came and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. What links will you go to to find happiness? Till next week.